tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Salt and Light Ministries. This is the 513 Project where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Christ. Now this second season we've been going through the book of Matthew. This week we're going to start off with Matthew chapter 1 verse 4. Now before I dive into this, I need to be honest with everybody. This was an extremely difficult week for me to actually put all of this together. Uh, Whereas last episode you heard me say, I've got two kids and one on the way. Well, in this last week, we actually found out that we only have two kids and no longer have one on the way. So I've been struggling a little bit, which is where I'm really happy about how God gave me the message that he did about the pullback. Sometimes we have to let it go and let our hurt go. Don't ignore it, but after you've gone through the grieving process, let it go. So that can make room for God to break through into your situation. So that's something that I've had to put into practice myself this past week. So when it comes to recording another episode, it's not something that I really wanted to do in the state that I'm in right now. And I'm still going to protect my purpose that God gave me. So with that being said, let's dive into Matthew 1.4. This week our scripture says, Ram was the father of Amenadab, Amenadab was the father of Nassan, Nassan was the father of Salmon. All right, the observations from this scripture pretty simple. There's four names here. Ram, Amenadab, Nassan, and Salmon. Scripture doesn't really give much information about any of these people, other than they're in the origin story of Jesus Christ. God still chose to name them. So if God names them in the origin story, we probably need to go back and figure out what their names mean. So let's take a look at it. And as we do, keep in mind that in the culture of that day, A name had a bearing on the role that a person would play in that society. If you need examples of that, Jesus is a great example. He was born Jesus of Nazareth before he started his ministry. His name changed when he started to walk in his purpose, changing his role in society. He went from Jesus of Nazareth, the son of a carpenter, started walking in his purpose, and his name was changed to Jesus Christ. Christ in the Hebrew is Christos meaning anointed. So Jesus stopped being Jesus the carpenter and started being Jesus the anointed one, Jesus the Messiah. We also saw the same thing with Abraham. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Same with Jacob. God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel is the one that had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. One of those sons was Judah, which we talked about two weeks ago. Go over in the New Testament and God's still doing the same thing. He changed Saul's name to Paul. The name Saul meant desired. The name Paul means little or small. God had to change Saul's name to Paul. At least when he started walking in his purpose. Saul was desired. He was the top theologian, educated in everything Torah. Meaning he was educated in all of the scriptures. He was one of the tops in the priestly order. He was a big deal. So when he started walking in his purpose, God gave him a more humble name, Paul. 
I believe that God gave him the name Paul, so it would be a constant reminder to him to not think as highly of himself as he ought to think. Because now Paul wouldn't be the big deal. What he preached would be the big deal. What he preached would be desired, not the man himself. His name helped him to remember his position in comparison with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I could use reminders like that from time to time. A reminder of just how small I really am. Heh, last week, that was a reminder of just how powerless and small I really am. And how awesome and mighty God is. Moving on. A person's name matters. So we're going to check out these four names and what scripture has to say about them. The first one was Ram. We talked about him last week. Ram means high. Not the kind of high you get from smoking pot, but the kind of high you get when you're lifted up above all of the crap of this world. Amenadab. His name means one of the prince's people. That's a very interesting name. Since he is the great-great-grandson of Judah. I think I got that right. You know, Judah, the leader of one of the 12 tribes of Israel, which would make Amenadab an Israelite. And Israelites were called God's people because God made the choice to make the Israelites his people. Back in Deuteronomy 14, too. You have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth so that you can be his special treasure. Not only did God choose the Israelites, but he also chose his son Jesus Christ to be the King of kings and Lord of lords over God's chosen people. You see, Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. Begotten meaning God's only Son, which came from God. In the same way as my daughter and son came from me, Jesus came from God. He's always been a part of God, making him the prince to the throne. Scripture calls him the Prince of Peace. Side note, I've heard a lot of people start talking about unity and peace in our world today, yet they want to exclude Jesus, the Prince of Peace, from the process. And they still wonder why it hasn't happened yet? Coincidence? I think not. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And that makes Amenadab a part of the royal family, God's family. It makes him one of the prince's people. Pretty fitting name, if you ask me. But now let's look at Nassim. In Hebrew, Nassim means enchanter, indefiable, not capable of being declined or denied. Scripture says that he became the leader of the tribe of Judah after Egyptian slavery. I wonder why that is. I mean, with a name like that, is it any wonder? According to his name, it would suggest that the tribe of Judah wouldn't have any other choice but to make him their leader. Remember, a person's name had a great influence over that person's role in the culture. Next is Salmon. In Hebrew, it means a raiment or a garment. It means clothing. And that's pretty much all scripture has to say about him. Other than who his children were, which we'll learn about next week, his name was enough to get him in the origin story of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that was a lot of information I gave you all at one time. But information is needed if we're going to hear what God wants to tell us. Information is important for us to have if we're going to know when God's speaking to us. When God's speaking to us. Look, let me address that really quick. 
God can verbally speak to anyone he wants to, whenever he wants to, however he wants to. Okay? And that's not his primary way of speaking to us. The Word of God, the Bible, is the primary word that God speaks to us. To use a quote from my pastor, Pastor Chad Harvey, 95% of your questions have already been answered. They're in the Bible. When you hear me say God revealed something to me or God told me something, 95% of the time, that process looked something like this. A question pops into my mind about a situation or a choice I have to make. But because I've studied my Bible, I know that the answer's in the Bible. Then the Holy Spirit reminds me where the scripture is that would answer the question that I have. He pops that into my mind. Now, I don't believe everything that pops into my mind. Otherwise, when I was eight years old, I would have thought I could fly. So what do I do? I go and I verify what came into my brain through the scriptures. And I verify them in their proper context. And that's where I find my answer. And since that answer came from the Bible and was verified by the Bible, God's written, inspired, spoken word, 2 Timothy 3.16, I can say with confidence that God spoke to me. Now, some other time I'll go into more detail in a deep dive study as to why I consider it to be a living spoken word that can apply to us every single day. But I don't have enough time to do that in this message. Suffice it to say that you need to have the information about the culture of that day and the scripture in order to learn how scripture properly applies to your life today. So why do I make that point? Because all of scripture is here for correction, reproof, and to empower our daily lives. And when we run across scriptures like this one, where God really doesn't give us any details about the people he mentions, normally we would just skip over it and lose out on hearing what God had to say. At least that's the way I did it. But if we dive into the culture and we dive into the scriptures a little bit deeper, we can hear what God has to say. So what is God saying to us today through this scripture? Remembering the context and remembering what God's already told us about the origin story of Jesus Christ in the past few weeks. How when you start to walk in your purpose, God makes you a promise. Then it's your job to protect your purpose and let go of the hurt and pain that comes with protecting your purpose so that God can break through into your situation, into your life, which allows God to enclose you in his presence so no weapon formed against you can prosper. And then he lifts you higher above all the things of this world in his presence. That, remember that. Then add on what God's saying today. Because here, God's reminding us that through that whole process, you could doubt yourself. In fact, you could even doubt God. The devil's going to try to get you to step out of the presence by giving you doubts about your salvation. And the only way you exit the presence of God is through your own choice to exit God's presence. Nothing else can pull you out. So when those doubts happen, and they will, it happens to every Christian out there. It happened to me. We've all been through it. Admit it or not. Here in Matthew 1-4, God is reminding us. He's saying through the names of these people in the origin story of Jesus Christ, you are one of the prince's people. It's undefiable, undeniable. You're clothed in the garment of the blood of Jesus Christ. Look, you're the one that accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior after the Holy Spirit pulled you to that choice. You're pursuing the relationship with Jesus. So God's just confirming multiple other scriptures here. Romans 5, 8 through 9, but God demonstrated his love towards us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and much more. 
having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Jesus Christ. John 1.12 But to all who did receive him, who believed in Jesus' name, Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Isaiah 61.10 Jesus has clothed me with a garment of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. Galatians 3.26 For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Important distinction there. You're sons of God through faith, which means you have a relationship. You understand you are trusting in Jesus Christ. If you do not trust in Jesus Christ, you are not a son of God. Need to make that really clear. Because there's this false teaching in the church today that says everyone is a child of God. God created us all his children. No, you are an enemy of God until you accept Jesus Christ and you have faith in him. You have faith in the person of Jesus Christ. That's when you become a child of God and not an enemy. So in the middle of the presence of God where he's enclosed you and he's lifted you high above all the things of this world, God takes the time to remind us to stop thinking so much. You're submitted to sovereignty now. Let me handle it. Because God's thoughts are not your thoughts. God's ways are not your ways. Yes, we're going to think about and remember all of our mistakes because that's what Satan wants us to do. He tries to bring them up. He tries to bring up the past to where you think you're not worthy. God says, I didn't choose you because you are worthy. I chose you because I wanted to. So stop thinking and let God do the thinking for you. God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So if our choices are God's thoughts that give us a future and a hope, or accepting Satan's thoughts, the same Satan that's looking for those he can devour, and he does that by placing those negative thoughts in our brains, if those are my two options, I choose God's thoughts over my own. I choose to stay in his presence, lifted high above all things of this world. I choose to listen to God today and every day and multiple times throughout the day. God's so loving and gracious that he's reminding us that we are Menadab, Nassim, and Salmon. We are one of the prince's people undefiably clothed in the garment of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to proclaim that over myself today. And I'm going to personally tell Satan that he can take his thoughts and all of his tricks and go straight back to hell where he came from. Look, when I was a part of the world and I wasn't saved, I told people to go to hell. I have no problem telling Satan to go to hell now. He's already headed there. Telling him to go back there a little bit early is just to your benefit. If you choose not to stay in God's presence and you choose to step out, remember, you're in a high place. God's lifted you up which means that's a long fall. That's going to hurt a whole lot worse when you hit the ground than this temporary pain of protecting your purpose. You are one of the princess people, undefiably, undeniably clothed in the garment of the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you very much for today, and thank you for every person that's listening to this message right now. I ask that you... Make this message concrete in their home and help them to build up the walls of trust and faith with you. Building on to their house of relationship. As you prosper them in their souls and their relationship with you, 
I pray that they become more like a river letting all the blessings go to help all of those around them. As you fill up their cup and they become overflowing with the blessings because they can't contain it, Father, please bring this scripture back to their remembrance. Because I know Satan's going to come against every single person listening to this today. And by the name of Jesus Christ and by the blood of Christ, what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. So we bind every spirit and every negative thought that comes against any believer today. And if there's somebody that's not a believer, Holy Spirit, I ask that you pull each and every person listening to a saving knowledge of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross for all of us. Wreck this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and continuously kick the devil in the teeth. Let this scripture come back to the remembrance of everyone who hears it. That we are the prince's people. We are the people of Jesus. It's undefiable, undeniable, because we're clothed in the garment of the blood of Christ. And that's what you see when you see it as not any of our mistakes from the past. I thank you for that, Father, and I praise your name. And I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you very much for listening to this message today from Salt and Light Ministries. This is the 513 Project, where we become that bold light and allow the Holy Spirit to shine and push out the darkness. If you want to support this ministry, just click in the description. There's a link that'll take you to a way of becoming a partner with this ministry. If you want to check out some of the merchandise, if you want to walk out your witness, we've got a few different products in our online store right now. Just click the link, 513 Project, down below. And if this message has spoke to you in any way, please share it. Remember, I'm one man. You're the church. Be the church. Get it out there. Like us on Facebook so we pop up on more feeds. It's just another way of getting the scripture out. Leave a comment. Encouragement's always welcome. Share this post. Most importantly, pray. Pray for this ministry. Because the devil is attacking in multiple upon multiple ways. Your prayers ring straight to the ears of the Father. So partner with me in praying for this ministry. That God's word continues to go out and reach this world for Jesus Christ. Again, thank you very much, and I hope you come back next week. Until then, be bold, be strong, and be blessed.